0: And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. And just when I think that I'm going to have a complete day where I don't make one mistake on the air, I've already made it. Because right before uh, I brought on Vince Miller, uh, I talked about him coming on the show. I said we were going to be talking about Ephesians chapter 5. I meant Galatians chapter 5. So that's the correction I need to make. And Vince, welcome back. Hey, thanks, buddy. So anyway, thanks for correcting me too, by the way. Hey, no problem. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm glad you're prepared for Galatians 5. <laughs> you're probably also prepared for Ephesians 5. I could do right?
1: either. Yeah, we could do either.
0: Yeah. A little bit different text, though. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about walking um, not by the flesh today. Yeah. I like that. Do you? Yeah, how do you want to tackle this? Today?
1: Well, you know, I think so here's here's what we do show prep start. on the air. Yeah, exactly. We do show <laughs> prep right now. <laughs> uh, here's here's the problem that I see that people have all the time. It's kind of understanding how to deal with a lot of these repetitive issues that they have with sin in their life. You know, the problems that we have with like a compulsion or an issue or a sin that keeps resurrecting itself over and over again. And I encounter people all the time who want to process that with me and try to understand how to tackle it. And actually, I believe Paul in Galatians 5 uh, gives us an incredible insight into how to tackle some of these issues in our life and discover what it really means to walk in the Spirit, you know, and redirect these desires towards something more holy. So that's kind of where I think I would start today.
0: Yeah, I like that. And I think this is going to be a very important discussion because. We need to hear this often.
1: I, I do. I think we need to be reminded of it because yeah. I think that walking in the spirit is actually a very abstract concept. Yes, you know it is. It, we <laughs> we we really struggle to understand these very basic things about our faith, often because they are abstract. Sometimes. Uh, if I can say this, pastors don't do a great job or teachers don't do a great job of trying to explain, how, how do we do this abstract thing? I mean, people get excited about like, I want to deal with this sin issue. But what what does this mean here when it says, hey, I say, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. What does that mean? Like, how do I do it? What does walking look
0: like? Exactly, exactly. I mean, I've talked about when a call comes in in the form of a temptation into your brain, the Spirit can take the call or the flesh can take the call, right? Mm. Someone's going to take the call.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, and exactly. I like the way you're putting that because then it says, okay, there's this message coming in to my mind Yes, that I'm processing through my heart that's going to come out of my actions. Yep. And I literally do have time yes, you to do. process that thing before I actually act upon it. And I think that's what some people think is they think that they're just victims of their compulsions. Nope. And we are not victims of compulsions. We are complicit in the act of sin. Therefore, because we're complicit, always complicit, pre-Christ, in the Mm -hmm. act of sin, we need someone to save us from our perpetual sin. We need someone whose act will stand in the place of our unholiness and, of course, I believe that's Jesus. I think the Bible teaches that plenty. (laughs) And and we need him to act in our place, and he did on the cross through his death and his resurrection, which is very important. That is the act that saves us, resurrects us in a new life. And on top of all the great things Jesus did, he embodied us with a spirit that gives us the power to walk in this life. Mm -hmm. And yet, So many Christians believe that Jesus lived and died and rose again, but they don't live actively, actively walking in the spirit. They live a new life, walking and gratifying the sins of the flesh. And so we have to understand, okay, what does that mean? How do I do Mm -hmm. that?
0: Just going back to my little phone analogy, because I like it. (laughs) you know, if, if you let it ring a couple of times, yeah. and then you have caller ID, and you can know, oh, this is a, a sin that's coming my way. I better let the Spirit answer this one. Yeah. I'm not taking this one.
1: Yeah, you know, if if but we have to pause long enough. Yes, you And do. we have to be aware. Yes, you do. And then we have to act. And I think all of that process is very difficult, which is why I think Paul here gets into this. But even preempting a Galatians chapter five, Bill, here. <laughs> we got to turn back to even Romans seven, where Paul talks about the aspect of these desires that he has in his heart, where he feels like he's he's encountering this, this war within him, right? This war of the flesh, <laughs> where his, his flesh is battling against his desires, and he he wants to do a new thing, but he can't do the new thing because the old thing keeps resurrecting itself, and he keeps repeating this old thing over and over again, where he comes into this, uh, he becomes cognizant of this realization that there's a battle inside of him that he feels like he can't win. Mm-hmm. And yet there's the glory of Jesus that kind of, that resurrects in the conquering of Romans chapter 8, of course, mm-hmm. where he discovers, hey, wait, yet there's this battle. I'm more than a conqueror because of what Christ Jesus did for me. And then I believe here in Galatians chapter 5, he teaches us how to do this whole thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you have any more questions about my, my phone illustration or do you, or do you want to go back to your material?
1: <laughs> well, I actually think I actually think your phone illustration is decent at, be, at you know, at best, <laughs> but here's what I love about right, we'll it. We'll take a break. and we come right back?
0: Vince may not be with us, but we'll find out in just a minute.
1: <laughs> but here's what I love about it. I love the fact that, It's about, look, we're receiving these messages, right? We're receiving these messages and we have to have this keen awareness and... I think a lot of people are just not in tune to the spirit. We're in tune to everything that's happened in the culture. Mm-hmm. We are, our, our minds are inundated with news, with current events, with things happening in our life, and our own micro-issues. And because we're so in tune with those things, we're not really in tune with the spirit enough. We haven't picked up the phone. I'm going to use your metaphor now Thank here. You. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> we haven't picked up the phone enough to really put a call in to say, hey, wait look my my system is saying that all this is true but i haven't spent enough time in god's word to really understand that maybe something else is true mm-hmm. there's another reality that's going mm-hmm. on and i think a lot of people don't really understand that we're just we we are we are not flesh beings we are spirit beings clothed in a flesh shell temporarily And Jesus kept trying to tell us about this over and over again, all the way through the Gospels as he lived his life. He is screaming to us about it. And then, and then, the icing on the cake is at the end of his life, as he ascends into heaven, he leaves us with something that empowers us. He he didn't just give us one gift. He gave us many gifts. And this gift of the Spirit is something he empowers us with. That he says, walk in this, and you'll discover resurrection power. Yes. Literally, resurrection power. Yeah. power that I have used to defeat sin and raise myself from the dead that was there when the Spirit of God hovered over the earth before sin entered the world, it lives in you. And all you got to do is pay attention to it. And if I may, pick up the phone, <laughs> take the uh-huh.
0: call. There you go. It's starting to make sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Vince Miller's my guest. You can learn more about Vince at beresolute.org. Beresolute.org. We're talking today about Galatians chapter 5. Not walking um, by the flesh, but walking in the spirit. And sometimes walking by the spirit is feels vague, you know, and sometimes it's hard to understand exactly how we do that. And I think there was a French philosopher that said, we are, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And I think it was C.S. Lewis that said, we don't have a soul we are a soul
1: mhm yeah if we just get in tune with that then we exactly. discover we'd discover something supernatural that we all need i think you know like paul when he writes galatians here i'm just going to kind of jump into the text a little bit he he says but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law i love that phrase there he's talking about a freedom that you have not to do whatever you want, but a freedom from the bondage of the law that only points out your sin. And I think a lot of people that deal with kind of these repetitive issues with sin who aren't really in tune with the Spirit, they they feel the weight of the law continually. You know, I get these calls. You probably get these calls too. And you feel so heartbroken for people. But part of it is that they haven't really accepted the truth that the law is just pointing them back to bondage. It's pointing them back to defeat that they need to turn to the spirit, that they need to be led by the spirit and not be continually led back into this sin, because I believe that by the power of the spirit, every compulsion and every addiction can find freedom, everyone, everyone there is nothing amen that the spirit cannot do in a believer's heart if he listens to the spirit, and then Paul even lists it. He continues, Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, adultery, sorcery, enmity, strive, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, things like these. I warn you, as I warn you before, that those who do such things will not, will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I think the reason that Paul lists them here is he, he wants us to see that, man, there are certain behaviors that are outputs of the flesh that are easy to see because we often don't see this this fleshly this human spirit unless it manifests itself in behavior But we can see it. It's evident. It's not just evident to us. It's evident to all. Everybody can see it. And if I might say, I think that our world is ridden with these issues, absolutely ridden with these issues. I mean, I feel like over the last couple of years, we've seen it more and more, the cultural ills that we are surrounded by, the woke ideologies that come and are manifested from culture itself. That's where they come from. They come from the culture. They come from a God of our own making. They come from our flesh and our desire to protest God himself. And so that stuff kind of gets me fired up when Paul, like, lists it out like this. He might have a little bit of a different list today, mm-hmm. but it's pretty much all the same outputs and behaviors that, that we need to be addressing in our lives, and there's hints of all of these things everywhere. I mean, even me, a guy who's walked with Christ for well over 30 years, I still see the hints and the sniffs and the tidbits of of these things that awaken themselves in my life. And over a period of time, I hope that I'll become more sensitive to the Spirit, realizing when they rear their ugly head, when I, I have these longings that are of the flesh, like when I'm in a conversation with my wife and I want to win and the flesh takes over, or or I'm driving down the street and my flesh takes over because someone cut me off or you know when my kid doesn't do something that i that i don't want that i know is going to lead down a path of destruction and yet i want to correct him i want to i want to almost eviscerate him to protect him from running out in the street and putting himself in danger mm-hmm. i've got to continue to watch this flesh and i've got to pay attention to it becoming more and more sensitive to the spirit therefore i become desensitized if you will almost to my flesh, where I can reject it and I can put it off and I can cast it off and I become more aware of its tendencies and I can see it when it rears its ugly head. I don't know about you, Bill, but uh, I mean, the more you pick up the phone, going back to your metaphor, Thank I'm you. just going to
0: keep doing Thank it. Thank
1: you. The more you pick up the phone, the more you're having a conversation with God, the more you're reading his word and the more you're attuned to his spirit, the the, the less you have for these these fleshly desires. They begin to dissipate. I believe for some believers, they've become so repulsive, so repulsive that they never want to go back. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where we want to go in our walk with the yeah. Spirit. You
0: want to hate sin.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It should be repulsive yes. to you. You yeah. should not, if you have a desire to do it, then you have the problem that Paul says that we have here. We have a desire for that thing because the thing is not a behavior issue. That's what we get wrong. It's not a behavior issue. It's not about killing the behavior. It's about addressing the desire that led to the behavior. And that's why people get, I think, stuck in repetitive sin. They try to address the behaviors by you know, maybe putting a filter on the computer or looking away when they see a woman or a man walking down the road or, or, or turning away from a lustful desire when, when they see it or they experience it, whatever it may be. It could be anger or greed or rage or whatever it is. We think we got to kill that behavior, and I'm not saying killing the behavior is wrong. We should, but if we never address the desires— where all these things emanate from, yeah. like Jesus was talking about in Matthew five. Of course, you know you can you can you can you can uh, actually commit adultery by just looking at some something lustfully. You can have a lustful intent yeah. that leads you down that path. Well, we got to address that lustful intent. You know what led us down? Why? Why did I crave that thing? Why?
0: Yeah. We'll discuss that when we come back. Vince Miller is my guest. You can learn about Vince at Be Resolute. R e s O-L-U-T-E B-Resolute.org. We'll be right back. If you'd like to know more about what it means to begin a relationship with Christ, or to chat with someone about it, just text the word FAITH to 41224. Congratulations, Chapter 5. That's our topic today. Vince Miller's my guest. Vince has got his brand new website that's years and years old, but it's uh, bresolute.org. How many books have you written, Vince, give or take? Uh, 30. Twenty. 30. Go. 30. Yeah. What? 30 books? Yeah, I have three Get new ones hobby. coming out really?
1: very soon from David C. Cook. Yeah, I'm super excited about them. Well, nice. What are they about? Uh, they're all devotional books, so okay. I'm starting a long devotional series, right. 30-day devotions through every book of the Bible. That's, that's 66 really, books. <laughs> that's that's really cool. Yeah.
0: You're trying to confuse me, aren't you? Yeah. 66 <laughs> books. I don't need that. <laughs> I knew that. Yeah. Come on, I hope. the radio Little facts for you. Yeah, Yeah. I know that. <laughs> Bible facts. All right, let's go back into uh, Galatians chapter 5. Um, you, were, you were just recently uh, down reading the list in verses uh, 20 and 21. Um, mm-hmm. I love what follows after that. Oh, uh, it, the,
1: this Actually, the stuff that follows this is yeah, some of the best stuff. The best. Yeah. I think. So he says next, I warn you as I warn you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So in other words, he's referencing all these, these lists of bad behaviors. He says, but... There's a big contrast in this text, but the fruit of the Spirit, so the production of the Spirit, because fruit is a production, right? Like Mm -hmm. you go to the the produce aisle and you get to see all the produce of of something else, right? So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Now, I like that because he's contrasting the two laws. You're either living under the law by being obedient to your flesh, or you can have Freedom. Freedom by being obedient to the spirit. And he's not saying there's lawlessness. You're just not living under the law. You're discovering a supernatural, a spiritual freedom. And then he says, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So in other words, killed those passions and desires. And I think that's a critical verse there because... What he's saying is that we had these former desires, and we lived them out, and they had certain outputs, and we already listed all those bad outputs. But now he's saying that you have a spirit, and there are new outputs, but we have killed all those old ones, and therein lies the problem. I think a lot of people deal with repetitive sin issues because they haven't really killed those old desires, like we were saying right before break. They, they continue to live in this fleshly nature. They continue to walk in this fleshly nature and get the same outputs. Therefore, they feel the condemnation of the law. But that's because they haven't addressed the why. And that's what we were talking about right before break. There, there has to be a why to the behaviors. Why do I do that thing? And most people don't take time to really reflect on why they're engaged in this repetitive behavior that keeps beating them up. Therefore, they feel beat up by the process. So let's not beat ourselves up anymore. The how we do that, we kill, we kill, we kill those desires. And like we said, they become so repulsive that we don't wanna turn back to them ever again. We realize how self-defeating they are. So we begin to walk away from them because now, why? We're walking in a new way. You see it? We were walking an old way. Now we're walking a new way. And then Paul just continues to say, if we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit see that stepping there mm-hmm. let us not become conceited provoking one another or envying one another now these last words are very very important because he's saying here that there's there's a way that we walk in the spirit a way that we walk in the spirit that if we're in this constant process of being cognizant and aware of the spirit then every interaction in our life is a spiritual one the one you're having with me right now the one listeners are having with us Right now is a spiritual interaction. This isn't a radio program. (laughs) It is a spiritual moment where people are having an interaction with the spirit, if they're open to it, where they're learning to walk in new ways and they're feeding their soul spiritual desires that, as a result, will by nature produce fruit, Mm -hmm. fruit. Not, you know, I know a lot of people like to focus on on the fruit of this text, and even I've I've seen pastors do sermons on this. Some of the greatest pastors I've ever known have done sermons on the fruit of the Spirit, but really, that fruit of the Spirit in this text, they're not activities necessarily that we do based on how I exegete this text. They are outcomes of walking in the Spirit. So I grew up in California. Don't hold that against me. <laughs> and uh, in my father's yard, uh, he had a multi-fruit tree. I don't know if you've ever seen one of these, but you can actually grow multiple fruit on a single tree. Really?
0: I, oh, I yeah. guess I've not seen that.
1: No, you haven't seen that. I don't think I have. I've seen up to eight fruit on a single tree. Really? Here's all you got to do. You graft it in. You cut. A branch, create a fresh wound. You take a branch from a similar fruit tree, you graft it in or tape it on, essentially, mm-hmm. and then it begins to grow. Really? Absolutely. I've seen that hundreds of times all over California. Now, that is what is being talked about here. That the the nature of the plant and the nutrients that come from the soil of the plant are feeding the tree in such a vibrant way that it will graft in and Produce, lovely, many fruit. Mm-hmm. So that's the image we have here. So now we reach back to Jesus and the vine. What's our responsibility there in the vine? Our responsibility is to be grafted in. It's to remain in the vine, abide. It's to abide. It's mm-hmm. it's it's not to produce fruit. Fruit is a byproduct of remaining in the vine.
0: We can't produce fruit. That's that's the issue. Fruit is produced. Through us.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So this frees us. Do you see the freedom here now he's talking about? It's yeah. freedom to walk in the spirit because we are being served nutrients from the God of the universe through our soul and by nature. All this fruit is being produced from our life. I mean, how crazy cool is that? Yeah. Well, we only know that if we discover it and experience the fruit. And that's really where I want to go next, is talking a little bit more deeply about how do we do that, and then how do we stay in that walk? How do we actually stay in it so we can begin to experience the production of this fruit? So if we could, I'd love yeah. to go there next.
0: We're just fruit hangers, Vince. <laughs> you know, people talk about going and producing fruit. Well, I don't know if we do that. We... We're fruit hangers. God produces fruit through us.
1: Yeah, yeah. Actually, focusing on the fruit is counterproductive, believe it or not. It's then again to believe that our behaviors in some way are going to, to affect our salvation, to affect our effort in Christ, to affect actually our relationship and righteousness. But it doesn't. It's all about the
0: remaining. It's about grafting in to the tree. So yeah. I, I like that very much. All right, Vince, let me take uh, our little break. If you have a question or comment for what Vince and I are talking about today, which is Galatians chapter 5, Walking uh, in the Spirit, you want to ask a question of something we've already discussed or or uh, make a comment, you can do that by sending us a text. The text number is 877-933-2484. Again, 877 877-933- 933 and you can learn more about Vince at his website, beresolute.org, beresolute.org. And I will be right back with Vince Miller in just a minute. Vince Miller. So glad to have Vince in. Vince is a friend and is the author of roughly now 30 books. Get a hobby, Vince. I know. I need something (laughs) else to do, don't I? (laughs) You can find out about his uh, amazing ministry at beresolute.org. He speaks primarily to men, and boys. he would do a great job. And we're in Galatians chapter 5, and it says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying one another. Let's get to that. But before we do, here's a question that came in from a listener. Uh, what is happening when someone now believes that a certain behavior is not a sin, but they were raised to think it was a sin? Like, for example, homosexuality.
1: Yeah, that's one of those things where, unfortunately, <laughs> you have to almost offend someone in a loving way and speak the truth to them. This is one of those uh, Nathan David moments, right? Mm -hmm. Where Nathan has to come in and he has to find a a creative way to to, tell David the truth about himself and about who he is and about what he's done. And I don't think it's loving to adapt the Bible to our culture. Uh, The Bible is this amazing supernatural gift us, inerrant in all its ways, perfect. And it is our guide and our law. And we can't adapt it to the culture. It, it exists beyond culture. It came to us in the flesh that we know as Jesus. And by the way, God created man and woman, He had a design for them, He had a, a, a way of obedience. And because he's the creator and it's his word, he gets to decide. And I believe anybody who manipulates that in that direction is actually leading people down a very wide path to destruction. And we have to speak truth to them. Uh, I think it's unfortunate that we're going to see a lot more of this happen in the culture, I believe. Mm -hmm. A lot more of the culture adapting God's word to maybe a, a present truth. I think a lot of this is the fault of preachers who haven't stood strong on these issues, and I think we're going to watch denominations over the coming years fall apart because of these issues because they have—I'm really digressing now, but you stop me if you want to— but I believe a lot of denominations have not dealt with a lot of these issues and they're scared to deal with them because they've been scared to deal with them. They've strayed further from the truth. Their people sitting in the pews don't understand the truth. So they made up their own truth. Mm-hmm. The pastors leading the churches haven't been trained in the truth. So they now are making their own truth. Like this caller is talking about here, who now is knows of someone who has turned a truth into a lie and that is hurting people, and that is actually infringing on the salvation message. And I believe that we have to get back to truth, and exactly like I'm doing here, read the
0: Bible, accept it for the truth it is, and be obedient to mm-hmm. it. It's as simple as that. Vince, I'm looking at, in Romans chapter 1, at says in verse eighteen, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. The who suppress the truth have been four words that have been ringing in my head for a couple of weeks now. Mm.
1: And then it, further down, it says that if we continue in those ways, He'll just give us over true. to those things true. too. Like that is our own law. I mean, that's part of what Paul's talking about in this text today. Like if you want to choose the path of disobedience, you can live under your own law and God will allow us and give us over to that. Mm-hmm. But he has given us freedom from the bondage of this culture in this world. And there is joy in finding that. And when you have discovered how to walk in the spirit, you're not going to turn back to those ways and you're going to see the truth for what it is. It will be revealed to you and it will reform your life And we have got to turn back to God's truth, accept it for the word that it is, and the law it is for guiding our lives to freedom.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you think you've seen more suppression of the truth in the last three or five years than in your lifetime? Well, in, in the 52 years that I've lived on planet Earth, I would say the
1: last couple of years specifically have been years where I think Culture and I believe media and corporate America have definitely come against and suppressed the truth, but they have not suppressed the ways of the culture. They have not suppressed the ways of the culture. They have they've infuriated it and they have added fuel to the flame. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be harder in the coming years. It's not going to get easier for Christians. It's going to be harder for us to live out our faith, but, the only way we're ever going to know the truth is we got to read it for ourselves. We've got to dig into it. We've got to be in the Word daily. We've got to discover it. I mean, that's why I write a daily devotional is about, because I believe that people don't understand how to get into the Word daily. Mm-hmm. And I do that intentionally to teach people how to understand and to read the Bible and apply it to their everyday lives. We have grown so distant from the teaching of the Bible and being in it regularly and very basic Disciplines, and because of that, we don't, we can't discern truth from untruth, and we also don't even know how to respond to it. We stand there apathetically because we don't know what to do. And because we don't have any convictions and we've become apathetic to the ways of God, the culture's taken over. And the culture has taken over the church, too. It's very, very sad. I've seen it so many times because I do speak in a lot of churches all over the U.S. I have seen culture take over churches. And then there's a few that have been stalwart and faithful and remain true to God's word. It's funny but they're the churches that are actually growing right now. People are attracted to that. Mm -hmm. They want to hear God's truth speak as it is. And by the way, we're the people that need to change, (laughs) not the Bible. We are, Mm -hmm. not God. His truth is uh, forever true. And we just need to hear it, listen to it, and respond to it. In fact, it's the only thing that isn't going to change in our world today. And I believe I can still
0: trust in it, as, as I did as a very young believer. Mm-hmm. Vince, when we start with chapter 5, verse 1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Let's be reminded that when we come to faith in Christ, the uh, yoke of slavery has been broken. We are set free from it, mm. and because fleshly desires are still a threat to believers, we need that daily devotional. We need that daily renewing of our mind. Yeah, we need to be daily
1: fed from God's yes. word. I mean, that that's a part of this whole process of walking in the spirit by the way yep. is is tuning our minds to things that are actually spiritual. So if someone were to ask me, you know, how do I walk in the spirit so this culture and its issues and its incorrect theology don't affect my life? The only way to do that is to spend time in God's word and allow it to renew Romans 12, Mm -hmm. who you are at the core of your being in your soul to allow your mind and your heart and your soul to absorb his truth to the point that you begin to ask, well, is that what I should do or is that? And then create these divine pauses in your life before you act and respond and then begin to be inquisitive in digging into the deep truths, which are easily found by a man or a woman walking in the spirit to find those truths, and then to act upon them. You know, I tell people a lot of the time, this is the way I read the Bible, and it really transformed the way I read the Bible. I think there's a lot of ways to read it. One of the ways to read it is to read it in a year, consume as much as you possibly can, and stay on a reading path. But the way I read the Bible is this. I read until I am convicted, until there's a conviction. And then in that conviction, I ask, what is God convicting me about and then I begin to ask, how do I adapt my life to what God is teaching me in this text? Mm-hmm. And then I take a measure that day to act upon that. That's what I do. Mm. I do this every day in my daily devotional, that, by the way, you guys play here on this radio station. And I'm going to tell you, it's a remarkable experience for me daily. And I would love people to experience that because that's where the freedom is. Mm. The freedom is not found in making up our own ideas about what obedience looks like, like this caller wrote in about. It's about finding our freedom by, by living according to the designer's design, living according to the creator's design for creation and discovering that not only did he create us, he empowered us with the spirit that he gave us so that we might live not according to the patterns of this world but walk by the desires of his spirit so that they might produce something great in us. And I think so many Christians are, number one, uh, in bondage to old desires, and number two, passive in their spiritual lives, therefore not experiencing the fruit, the production that Paul's talking about here, and I think Paul is passionate in this moment. I think he wants them to experience it, and I want everybody listening today to have that same experience, and you're going to know it when you have it because it's going to be overwhelming. That is why Paul said at the end of this text these very words. I'm going to read them one more time here for you as soon as I get my phone open. Okay, it says this. Oh, low battery. I've been talking too much. (laughs) Uh, Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. Why Paul puts that in there in the end is this, is that... We may discover what it means to walk in the spirit, but what happens when we walk in the spirit is we experience all this fruit and all. I'm getting a plug in here so I can keep my phone alive. Thanks, Bill. I (laughs) I just added this by by plug from my phone. (laughs) (laughs) But once we discover this walking in the spirit, the dangerous part is this we may think we did it, but we didn't. No. And if we become conceited, then. These holy desires will then become corrupt desires again, and it will be right back living under the bondage of the law. That's why he puts this in here, is because he knows that conceit or pride or hubris, whatever you want to call it, is the danger for the Christian who discovers the power of walking in the Spirit. Because the Christian out there listening right now, who's discovered the fruit of this tree, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, etc., have discovered that. There's a freedom that comes from it, and it's so incredible, it's so life-giving, it's intoxicating. There's the dangerous moment that you dare think that you did that by your own strength and will that's gonna drive you right back to the desires of the flesh, mm-hmm. living under the bondage of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And you kind of you feel the, the kind of the almost the kind of the cyclical nature of this, this whole process. That's why we got to be in it daily, because we so easily fall back into the desires of the flesh. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I mean, I have to fight this on a continual basis, but that means I've got to be cognizant cognizant of what's happening every moment, at every point, and every day. And
0: i got to turn on that awareness. Vince Miller is my guest, and Vince, here's a true or false question. When believers walk by the Spirit, they will have victory over flesh, true or false?
1: Uh, I think Jesus Christ has the victory over the flesh. So, (laughs) 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 he's the one. But yes, uh, through the power of the Spirit, I believe that we can have victory over every desire. Uh, I do too. I I think that's why God gave us the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And uh, the trick, the trickness in that true or false question is this is that we can't think that we did it. We got to stay. We got to stay in the vine. We got to remain in Him. We got to walk in His Spirit, and we got to do it daily. And uh, dare we think that we were ever responsible for something that Christ did for us? Man, this is the joy of living this life. This is why I love being a Christian. Is in reality, I don't really have to do anything other than remain. (laughs) That's it. That's all I got to do. I just got to remain. That's really all I got to do is remain. That is crazy kind of grace. It's crazy, It's That's Grace. crazy. Yeah. And if we could just enjoy that, man, man, the joy that comes from it, you can see how excited I am right now because I want people to discover it. <laughs> I discover it sometimes as I'm talking about it, but this is the joy that every believer wants to experience, and I want everyone to know it. I think Paul does
0: here. He wants the Galatians to know it as mm-hmm. well. So let's live that way. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, Verse 24, mm-hmm. Galatians 5. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Lots more with Vince Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R. Spells just the way it sounds, <laughs> exactly. doesn't it? Yeah, it's perfect. not a tricky Easy. spelling. It's the easiest last name ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Beresolute.org. Beresolute.org. Go check it out. Be right back. Faith Radio and Afternoons with Bill podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter, thank you so much. Becoming a supporter today by visiting MyFaithRadio.com. Welcome back to the show. Glad to have my friend Vince Miller with me today today talking about Galatians chapter 5 you want to walk in the spirit not walk by the flesh that is that is the way you know when a a gardener prunes the shrubs and the vines the, he's very intimate with them oh yeah he gets close and by the time he's done pruning it it can kind of look ugly mhm but that's okay cuz the fruit's coming
1: that's right my grandma used to out in front of her house she had three prize rose bushes and when I was a really young boy, she taught me to kind of prune those rose bushes. And I realized why they needed to be pruned. Predominantly, they needed to be pruned because they would overproduce. The soil was really rich in mm-hmm. California, and so they would overproduce. And And she explained to me that like, the overproduction of these roses will actually kill the rose bush. They will grow so heavy that it'll actually break the limbs. Sure. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. So she'd have me go in there and you know, I'd kind of pick off some of the buds. You could just kind of break them off you yeah. know, with your hand. And then she would have me prune off some of the the dead life. And then she said, this is the important part. You're kind of crafting beauty here. So you have to kind of figure out which ones you're going to cut, which ones you're not. You're going to you're gonna cut, you're going to come in close, and you're going to stand back and kind of look at the picture again. And it was kind of like an art project <laughs> for me as a kid. And I realized yeah. that it was actually quite an endearing affair because the rose bushes, it, it, they produced they produced these massive red, ruby red roses. And when they bloomed, when all the nutrients were exactly right, it was gorgeous. Like they were cool. Um, so I kind of think that's a little bit of the image here, you know, that, that God's got to get in there and prune and graft in and pluck off and and deal with some of that to kind of create this this beautiful thing mm-hmm. that he's creating. But the beautiful thing is us. Right. That's yeah. It's
0: but it's also an intimate experience when you're in pruning the roses and deciding what to pluck off and what to trim and what to clip. You're you're in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. It can be dangerous. <laughs> you can get stuck sometimes too. By the way. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I love. How intimate God is with us, and He cares about uh, turning us into the the men and women that He wants us to be. Well, and I think
1: you know the. Let's go back to the pruning image since you dropped in a new metaphor for me. Here. Okay. I'm trying to figure out where to take this one. <laughs> Let's hang up the phone, pick up the pruning. Okay. But uh, I think that's what's what's hard about this is there, there are some desires that we need to prune after, that we're producing some things that were bad. And the actual act of pruning that thing is difficult. Here Here's what I think some people forget is it's not just about stopping an activity, it's about starting an activity. And that's, that's the process we see in this text today. It's the stopping of one thing, but it's the starting of something new. You can't, in, in the spiritual life, you can't just stop something without replacing it with something else. Because mm-hmm. obviously if you stop something, those demons will come back seven times worse, right? The desires will come back seven times worse. So some people wrongly think, just kill the desires, then I'm going to be okay. But no, you have to replace that with a new activity. It's not walking in the flesh, and walking, keeping in step with the Spirit. It's actually doing something, but we we don't understand how to do that until we take those first steps, and those first steps are a lot like pruning. They're a little bit painful. They hurt. We don't exactly know how to do them. They're, we're a little bit awkward at them. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't know how to do some of these things because we've never— Felt these desires before, so taking an old desire, so let's just take an old desire that's a very popular old desire, uh, lust, sexual lust. Taking sexual lust and reorienting it towards something more beautiful, which would be desiring a right thing in the right way, learning how to love someone in the right way, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about killing this desire over here and what to do about to kill this desire, but we often don't talk about, now, how do I love someone, like, genuinely, Like, really love someone in a meaningful way that produces fruit in their life. Yeah. We don't do that. Yeah. We only talk about this side of the equation. Therefore, people, I think, live in this bondage all the time. We have to be able to walk in intimately into that tree and deal with those things so that they'll actually, at some point, the nutrients will get to the new branches and they'll produce something new. I understand the stop, but what's the start? Right. I think that's the... It's always a challenge. It's always the challenge. Because it's something different for someone. It's something different for everybody. Like yeah. My desires and my sinful desires are different than your sinful desires. They right. are. Right. Therefore, your steps of killing your old desires and your steps into the new desires are going to be different than mine. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe uh, Bill, your issue is humility. Maybe you struggle with humility. Right? Right. You have your version of pride not generalized pride, like people like to generalize these things, but we got to stop generalizing pride. Pride has a specific manifestation in your life. It also does in mine. Now, i got to understand that thing so that I can actually kill those desires. At the same time, I've got to understand how to walk in humility that's going to be unique to me in a beautiful way that's going to produce something greater and more beautiful, so beautiful that I'm not going to go back to the way that I was living as an arrogant Selfish jerk, Mm -hmm. right? So I don't want to ever go back to that. So I've got to, I got to kill all these little issues that I have, and then I got to ask myself in the middle, why? Like, what was the desire there? What was the thing that's off? What am I trying to feed my soul over here through these sinful actions? And I got to address that thing, and then then learn how to address, how to walk humbly in the spirit that God has given me, becoming tuned to its humility to its voice of humility till my behavior begins to change. And yes, I'm probably going to have to address some early behaviors, like tell myself I have to do certain things, like don't let an accolade, get my mind thinking about my own arrogance. Don't let someone's that a boy lead me down the pride to arrogance. Yeah, I'm going to have to address those things. But at the same time, I'm going to have to find a way to fill that in a beautiful way that leads to humility that says, wait, that wasn't about me. And understand that that moment wasn't about me. It was about God doing something through me and then give him the credit for it. That's how I learned how to walk in this spirit. And that's just one tiny way. But each person out there listening today has a a different issue with a different desire that manifests itself in an ugly way. Now we got to turn that thing to something more beautiful. We got to gaze at that thing and understand it and listen to the Spirit speak to us in a way so that we can now walk in the Spirit and produce fruit from it. And when we see the fruit, to not be entangled in the desires for the fruit, just to enjoy living in the vine with the Spirit. Walking with him, that Mm -hmm. is the hard thing about this whole thing. It's a very abstract walking. It's very conceptual. It's hard for people to make tangible.
0: Vince, it sounds like it's wise to be prepared in advance of a situation so you know how you're going to deal with that, let's call it a a, a victory or an attaboy, where you think, well, that that felt kind of good. Now, there's nothing wrong with having a sense of accomplishment for something God has gifted you to do, but you do have to put it in perspective.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think there's two advanced decisions we can make here. The advanced decision to not put ourselves in an environment where our old desires manifest themselves again, and another advanced decision that says, I'm going to do this next time that old desire arises that's going to put me in harmony with the Spirit. So let me give you a very tangible example as whatever time we have left. We have plenty of time. Okay, we do. Okay. yeah. So here's a very tangible example. If I struggle with anxiety... And my issue is anxiety. And my anxiety manifests itself in ugliness toward my my family or my behavior or my language or whatever it is. Then I've got to address my anxiety. So the next time my anxiety arises, I make the advanced decision that in the moment it, it strikes, I'm going to turn to prayer. That's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to turn to a response. I'm not going to act out on it. I'm not going to verbalize anything. I'm not going to even put myself in a situation with other people. I'm just going to pray about it. I'm going to say, I'm going to take 15 minutes to pray about that anxiety. And then in the moment of that anxiety, I now turn that anxiety toward the spirit. I gaze at the spirit and ask the spirit, invite him in to tell me what I need to do with this anxiety. What part of it can I control? What part of it can I not? How does... How does God want me to walk through the issues? What's the bottom line issue for me? Is it control? Is it power? Is it uh, uh, things feel out of control for me? And I've got issues with control, whatever that might be. And I give control of the outcomes of that life to the spirit. And I begin to make decisions that walk me down that path. All that happens in that moment of prayer where now I'm saying, okay, I have used this discipline and this behavior called a discipline, by the way, prayer, Mm -hmm. to guide me down a path of holiness and righteousness, which causes me not to run in the spirit, not to speed down the highway of spirit, to walk in that spirit. Mm -hmm. And just taking baby steps with it, where over time I begin to turn back to the discipline of prayer, which by the way is behavior that's attuning my old desires toward the spirit, causing me to walk in a new way. Man, that, that gets exciting. And then all of a sudden we realize that we're doing the behavior, not for the behavior's sake, but so that we can be one in the spirit. And then while in the behavior, the spirit takes over and guides our mind and our heart and our soul and the outcomes towards love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. You see where this is going? Oh, I know where it's going. Yep. And, and then all of a sudden the tree begins to produce fruit. Mm-hmm. But we can't get there overnight. It has to be done through simple disciplines and simple behaviors where we discover a new way to walk in our soul. Because it's not about the behavior again. It's not about the outcome.
0: It's about being in the vine, remaining in him. Mm. Thanks, Vince. This was fun, as always. Yeah, Yeah. thank you. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Vince Miller, beresolute.org. I want to say thanks for listening today and supporting Faith Radio. I love spending time with you. If you just pulled in your home or car and missed some of this interview with Vince, make sure you hear it from the beginning. Have a great night. I'll see you tomorrow.